It's like an exercise. Best flow, most consistent, realest stories, most charisma. I set the most trends, and my interviews are hotter. Holler, I- You're listening to Quantum Leap Fitness. What's up, what's up, what's up? Uh, welcome to another episode of QLF Podcast. This is episode 7. You're here with your host with the most muscles, Irv um, of QLF. Um, once again, JR. I think he's lost at this point. JR's lost in the world. I feel like that episode of uh, Regis and Kelly when when uh, Kelly just went missing and Regis was by himself. So, I'm, I'm missing my uh, my Kelly. Alright, but it's all good. I got a guest today. Um, and you know, we'll get to that really, really soon. I want to thank you guys for listening to our last episode. Uh, JR put it together. He's still somewhere around here, but it was, he did a good job. Thank you, Jay. Um, I want, I want to thank you guys for listening to Food Desert. Really good episode, in my opinion. I got a lot of positive feedback. I got some negative feedback, mainly from Christopher Columbus, but it's a-okay. Um, just expanding on that one, you know, even though we're moving forward. I I don't want you guys to think that Popeyes is the devil per se. Right? But I just want us to make healthier food choices. I was informed that Popeyes actually has a healthy menu. And um I want us to explore that, right? But I'm gonna get into that a little later on on a uh, writing level. But I just want to say, I, I, I hate Popeyes, but it's not death to Popeyes forever. It's uh, death to Popeyes in moderation. Right. I don't even know if that makes sense. It probably doesn't. It's my show. Who cares? All right. So, um, yeah. But let's let's just say... That I, I was speaking to um, the other side about that. And I was told that I am Hitler of food. So, I don't want to be Hitler. No, that's what I was Donald Trump. And that might be worse than Hitler. I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, um, so, moving forward. Before we break into uh, today's episode, uh, I do want to answer a couple emails. Today we're only going to answer two. Sorry, guys. I know, I got a couple, I got a couple. And for the rest of you guys, please remember, do send your emails to quantumleapfitness at gmail.com. I'm glad a couple people do it. Probably the Facebook group, because, you know, they're pretty dedicated. You other guys, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'm only answering two, sorry guys. But next week I'll try and get into more, alright? Because I want to get into today's show. Alright, so our first email, our first email, once again, I'm not going to read your email address. I don't know who's stalking you out in the world. Uh, it comes from Joan. Joan asks, why are waist trainers bad? I use them all the time, and I think they're great, even though I just started using them. Period. Please tell me what the issue is with waist trainers. I've seen you write about how much you don't like them before. Good question, Joan. I'm going to make it really short, but um, I'll get to the point. Um... It's not that waist trainers are bad per se, because they actually serve, you know, they serve a purpose. But what, what the what the problem is is that we are misled into believing that they're the the red and blue pill of losing weight. 
So as you wear a waist trainer, what's going to happen is you're going to lose water weight because you're going to in turn sweat more, your, your temperature is a lot higher, your heart rate will probably uh, increase a little more during activity. And as you lose water weight in your abdominal area, you're going to feel like that waist trainer has done you the utmost of justice. But in all reality, it really just gave you an illusion, right? So what's going to happen is now, as you input water back into your body, you in turn uh, go right back to who you were before you got here. And then you're going to put the waist trainer on again. And then the same thing is going to happen, and then you're going to take it off, and then you're going to put it on, take it off. If we really think about it, and once again, I just want to make it short and sweet, if this idea really worked, you wouldn't have to continuously buy new ones and wear them forever. You should be able to wear it for a month, lose 7 pounds, go down to a size 26 waist, and never have to put it on again. The sole fact that you actually have to keep wearing it and buying it and, uh, you know, and, and greasing up your stomach to put those things on is the reason to believe that this is not genuine and it doesn't really work. There's no quick fixes in health and fitness. All right, keep that in mind, guys. Thanks, John. Next question. It comes from Henry. Henry says, I constantly eat late at night. My goal is to lose about 15 pounds in the next two months. I feel like I'm plateauing. Is the fact that I'm eating late at night contributing to that fact? Good question. Uh, yes and no. It, it really depends on what you're eating. Uh, the idea of eating late at night, well, rather not eating late at night, is actually a myth. You can eat late at night. Um, I do it all the time. But what it is, is it's what you're consuming late at night. You want to keep lean proteins in that hour frame, right? So if we're talking about eating 8.30, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning because you can't sleep, focus on more protein-related things and uh, slower carb-related things if you're going to go the carb route. So I would suggest protein shake, uh, some tuna, uh, even peanut butter at that point. I would suggest things of that nature, maybe peanut butter and some rice cakes. Um, those are, they're lighter, and you don't have to worry about you know them mobilizing into creating glucose, which would in turn move into uh, body fat because you're not eating at a surplus that your body probably can't handle by the time you get to breakfast time in eight hours or so. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Henry. Good questions today. Really good questions today. And, um, and I appreciate you guys for tuning into the under the bar segment. Um, all right. So today I'm going to introduce my guest. Uh, we have a cool show today. I wanted to touch on a couple different things. You know, I, I love health and fitness from all aspects. You know, I've, I've been taught that it's not just the physical. It's not just, you know, eating. There is a psychological aspect to it. And I think that's where the show is going, really, uh, even though we're going to touch on a bunch of different areas. Uh, today, my guest is the uh, famous Addy. And if you if you guys remember, if you guys pay attention, you guys heard me talk about her um, a couple times. And um, Addie, you know, even though I'm going to let her introduce herself, Addie is one of the, if not the, engine behind QLF. Feels like I'm playing with a cheat code at this point because she's on the show, right? So she's kind of like the engine behind QLF. And when I say the engine, 
I mean, you know, a lot of the decisions that happen in QLF on the, on the front end that you guys see don't happen until, you know, I have that conversation with Addy. Um, from, you know, charity events to motivational speaking engagements to free boot camps to whatever. Um, so Addy's, you know, really a large part of, of what I do here. And, you know, you guys should uh, should clap for her. If I wish I had on one of those clapper things because I wouldn't make it happen right now. So clap, 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 clap. All right, so uh, today's show with Addy is taking an interesting turn because it's something that we've talked about a lot. I said, yo, why don't we talk about this on air? Um, is there an idea that women of color are comfortable with being overweight? I know, it's kind of touchy. And it's, we're going to dismantle the idea if it even gets dismantled, but we're going to break it down and we're going to talk about it a little bit and we're going to shed light to um to this idea and quote unquote epidemic of you know the, the big fine movement and uh whatever the hashtag activist group for women who um who have size 45 hips and 38 ways all right so we're going to we're going to dig into that today and um and there you have it so JR take us out Quantum Leap Fitness. And we're back. Um, once again, thanks for tuning in to week seven. Alright, so um Addie's here with me in, in in the studio. I'm gonna let her uh formally introduce herself in a sense. Just let her, you know, give you a little idea of what she's done besides you know what she's done with me and and uh you know who she is at that point take the floor Addie. thanks um so i'm Addie, as uh irving said um my work with qlf uh exists because i'm you know many things but in this context um i'm uh past uh, plus-size fashion blogger, although I rather define it as a fashion blogger that happens to be plus-size, too. Um, my blog was called uh, The Curve and the Line. Um, when I did that work, uh, I was featured um, on Fashion Bomb Daily, uh, in Glamour, in Plus Model Magazine, and a couple of other places. Also was able to do some uh, contributing writer work uh, for uh, Full Figure Fashion Week, and a couple of other publications, too. Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation, um, not just from the context of uh, being a past blogger and being someone um, that's really kind of dug into this moment that we're having right now, where I think people have, I guess, an interest in uh, plus-size women or big finds or thick or whatever word we want to use, but also because I'll say that, like, I have been you know, a plus-size person since I was a person. And I think, um, you know, I don't know that I'm necessarily resolved on what these, what the answer to these questions hey, are. Hey, hey, all right, all right, I get it. But but I think it's okay. important that we talk about that. All right, so, so let's dig into it. Um, and as you hear, she comes highly accredited. Um, she's, uh, she's 
the the plus size blogger before the new wave of plus size bloggers, if that's fair to say. I think so. All right, so let's dig right in. Um, so with that being said, what is your opinion on the idea that women are comfortable with being overweight? And is there even such a thing? I think I struggle with the question because it feels like it's a judgment question. Like, I feel like what you're actually asking is why are women comfortable being overweight? And, right. And, and I feel like that sort of uh, hidden judgment is sitting kind of funny with me. If you're asking, like, are women comfortable being overweight? The answer is short. The answer is, yes, yeah, some are, some aren't. Someone right. that is comfortable with it today might not be comfortable with it tomorrow. Um, if you're asking a question around why, I think that's a different one. Okay, but now we have to dismantle the why of it, right? And and that's where I that's where I, you know I don't know if I completely agree with it being a judgmental thing, but you know one thing that that I feel like I can say from you know being in the industry of health and fitness and you know just being an active member of society, it does seem like we got to a point where. Being big is just considered like the new thick, right? And, you know, Drake put it in a line and the entire world erupted. And, you know, even before Drake, um, you know, there were moments where where it just felt like, you know, from Monique. And that was in, in the 90s, right? Where it was like, all right, I'm big and I'm beautiful and I don't give a fuck what you think. And I don't know if I think that that's not inherently bad. Like, that's not bad at all right self-love is is the best love there is but or do we now are we ignoring the the health level right and i say that because and you know if i'm wrong i'm wrong but are we ignoring the health level because i say that because there's so many times when you know i've, I've worked with somebody and you know or i've met somebody and they would be like yeah i just want to lose my stomach but you know their their body fat percentage is like forty eight percent, right? Or you know their BMI, which yes is a European system, and I, I we could say a million things about that is extremely high. Or their their eating habits, from what they told me, is really bad, and these type of things. And there's not enough uh, care for health and fitness at that point because it's like, all right, I'm big, and you know people love me, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought that ending was funny. Um, I mean, maybe, but I think that actually what you're talking about here is more a question of, like, aesthetics. You're talking about um, right. a woman or, well, I guess the conversation is about women, but a woman that's coming in and saying, I want to spot reduce in a certain place because I think that someone will look at me and find me attractive um, as a plus size person right. minus X thing that I don't like. So that's actually not the same as the discussion that the first question that you asked, which was around like, well, what about the health part of it? Right. Um, I think it's a good question. I think that maybe for some, there might be some people sacrificing health for aesthetics. Speaking to the mic. Um, there might be some people sacrificing health for aesthetics, but you know, I also think that we're making some assumptions about, the correlation between um, between obesity, 
and some of the things that we define as unhealthy. Like a lot of times people will immediately start to concern troll and get to this place where they're like, you're an overweight person, so obviously um, what's next in your future is high blood pressure, diabetes, and like insert all of these other things. But um, those things can also be things that are connected to people that are abnormal with huge air quotes around that uh, word weight. I agree. Underweight as well. I agree with that. Um, and I think that there's, there, it feels like there's sort of a, a bit of propaganda around um, all the different things that go wrong with you if you are overweight. Um, but that is, I don't necessarily agree with but or is that, subscribe to. But is that necessarily fair to say when we can honestly say that people who are overweight obese, um, morally obese, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. subscribe to these these health illnesses at a higher rate than people who aren't? I do think that people that are overweight might um, potentially have you know, negative access to these ailments um, more than others that don't. But I also think that there are numerous people that are considered overweight um, that are perfectly fine and healthy in their bodies. True. Um, Not to mention, you know, in some cases which you touched on, um, I think that some of the ways in which we even define overweight, um, we don't necessarily have the shared definition um, that properly sort of represents all bodies. What would your definition be? If you have one. I mean, I think I think my point is that I, I don't know that we can even... Oh, that we can't really define it. That we can even have one in some ways. Okay. I think we can agree about the BMI being trash. For all you guys that don't know, that's a body mass index. And the body mass index was a European style, right? Mm-hmm. European style of measuring your, your, uh, your size, right? Like, so a BMI would, would take your height and your age, and it would box you into a category. Right. So me being 6'3", at 292, I would be listed as obese. That's, Serena Williams would also be listed Serena as Serena Williams, who I found out is uh, 218. Hi, Serena. Um, who I found <laughs> out is 218. She'd be listed as obese. And obviously those things are far from the truth, right? So I guess we, I can, we can agree on that, right? Um, one thing that I, you know, I, I struggle with and it's such a tricky level, it's such a tricky conversation, right? Because you don't want to offend, right? And you don't want to make people think you're, you're, you're this, this bigot or, you know, this, this um, male chauvinist or something like that, right? If, it's like concern, because concern trolling is real, and, and I don't like it, but it does happen a lot. But I don't know if it's always considered concern trolling if you talk about, you know, the ramifications on the health level, versus the the vanity that that we seek right so wh- what's your take on um on that movement of of big fines right do you feel like they're sending the wrong message then at that point right because i mean i see big fines all the time i, I think i might follow a couple don't judge me right so <laughs> right but what's what's your opinion on that movement of big fines and whatever hashtag activist group is out there and what they put out there and i think that goes into the classism stuff but see yeah. even what you said was sus to me like why sus? Would you, how am yeah, i sus can I, but can i finish okay go thanks ahead. sir go ahead. so 
finding I'm finding it sus because you were like, I think I follow a few big finds. Don't judge me. Why would I judge you for following attractive women? Like, there's nothing to judge there. You allege that you're a red-blooded heterosexual man. You should follow attractive women. So going back to the question that you asked around, like, what do I think about the big fine movement? You're asking me, what do I think about women creating space to define for and by themselves that they are beautiful and and deserving of love and desire? I think it's awesome. Well done. I think it's cool, too. And just for the record, guys, all right, um, when I said don't judge me, it was because I'm being critical of them. So I don't judge me because I'm I'm being critical of them and I follow them. All right, so guys, big fun. Hey, how you guys doing? All, right, all, all right. of the side eye, all, all of it, all of it. All right, all yeah. of the excellent side eye. That sounds like a regular day out of my life. <laughs> um, so all right, so um, and and when I say this, um, you know, with the big fun movement and things of that nature, and all those at a hashtag activist groups. Yes, it is a good thing that they're highlighting. But one thing that I'm starting to realize is they only highlight, for the most part, a certain type of, of big fine. And I think that's corny. I think that's corny, right? And and it's like, why is there such a classism, right? Because it's like, you can, it's like there's still no unity, right? So you, we're highlighting, but there's no unity. When I follow the, the, the hashtag um, for 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 big tits, mom. I hope you're not listening, right? There's no. It's it's like unity, right? Mom, it's like, I hope you're not listening either. It's like unity of of like big tits. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, right? It's like unity, right? It doesn't matter. We're who, they're whoever they want to be, but with the with the big fine movement, it literally feels like you have to look like somebody that would be in a Drake video, right? Like you have to have like a size thirty two waist and forty five hips. And I don't know bra sizes and stuff like that, but obviously a big top, right? And that's what that's all I see. It's like porn star looking, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that's probably not even the majority of of how big finds look like. Why is that? That's a good question. Um, I don't know that I totally have an answer. Sometimes, sometimes. I tend to think that when marginalized uh, groups of people come right. together to build a community, unfortunately, sometimes they can end up um, just reenacting the very thing they were running away from in the majority group that made them marginalized. Church. And so, like, what m- might maybe be happening in in the Big Fine movement, <laughs> I feel weird about phrasing it like that, is that, like... Some of that, some of that is happening. I do think, um, in some ways, that um, there are people that uh, you know come to the community because they're tired of being ostracized from the larger community. Right. And sometimes there are some people that, in trying to like uh, gain and pull self love from themselves, they feel like they have to yank it out of other people. Right. Um, so that could be. One of the reasons, maybe. Right, and it's like it's why it's like it's basically a level of classism, which is what Addie's trying to politically correctly say, right? Because I seen, and I'm I'm pretty sure all you guys seen it because she got like a million hits on like on social media. This girl, right? She's this girl, and she's like plus size, and she dances to like songs, and she's like young or whatever, probably like a twenty four year old girl or something like that. And you know, she's no offense, she's not built like. 
you know, the Serena Williams of the world or whatever the case may be, or the Cherokee, don't ask me why I know who that is, right? So she's not built like that, right? She's built like a square, right, in all due respect. And she dances to songs in, like, her underwears and, and, like, whatever outfits that she's wearing. And nobody ever says, damn, look at this big fine. Nobody ever says that. And it's because she's not super curvaceous, right? It's like, this is it's so skewed on, on you're, you're good, right? Would you agree with that? It's like you're good if you're curvy. And if you're not curvy, you can't sit at our table, right? Like, I feel like big fines would still have, like, a classism where they're like, ew, look at her. And it's like, this should really just be a, a whole team of unity. Um, yes and no. So I've been thinking about my first answer. I also think that there's some part of the Big Fine movement that feels a little bit like it started as this very insular group of women bigging up and supporting each other. But then men found it or, or people that um, admire Big Fine found it. We became Christopher Columbus? <laughs> Anyway, folks that admire Big Finds found it, right. and then um, it it kind of became a space where people were sort of uh, watching Big Finds exist, if you will. Less about, right. like, we together are going to build this community, right. and more about, like, let's watch. And so when certain people who were not a part of the group but were excited to observe the group began to watch... In some ways, there are some uh, ideas about, like, what sexy looks like that ended up being inserted into the group. So are you saying, like, guys came in, started running these pages, which I honestly think are ran by men, to be honest with you. Started running these pages. You don't think that's true? Maybe some are. I don't doubt I, that some are. I bet you some of these pages are ran by men. I don't and, doubt that And they started inputting what they thought qualified. And yeah. then women just started following suit, for lack of a better word. I, I do think so. I do think that's, so. That's fair. That's a fair idea. Okay, well, I think I can buy that idea. He's going to say, um, but I do think, um, you know, there has to be a makeover in, in, in what, we, what we're willing to accept. And, you know, what we're saying is, um, is okay. Now, the idea of, uh, of being plus size, you know, it's definitely hit a media level. Do you look, do you look up to any, like, plus size models and stuff like that? Of course. Who? Who do you, who do you know? Um. Fellas, get your Googles out. Gosh, I feel like I know so many. Um, so I feel like I start at this from like a blogger perspective. Sure. Um, obviously, you got to give homage to um, Gabby Gregg, who is a pioneer um, in the plus size blogging movement. Is she black? Um, she's mixed. Okay, all right. Um, uh, you have Kelly Augustine. You is have, she black? She is black. Okay, sure. um, You have... Um, Lyris Cross, who's a well-known uh, fashion model, uh, plus-size fashion model. Is she black? She is black. Oh. Um, give give them, like, one white one. Just um, because uh, I look like I have white friends. <laughs> um, Ashley Graham as a plus-size model. There you we go. all know Ashley Graham. And Nicolette Mason, um, who's also another really fantastic blogger. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So, um, so now with that, right, and the emergence of seeing more plus-size women in media... I was thinking about this, you know, on my way to the studio today, and I was like, "Yo, I wonder if you if you think that this is a genuine thing. Like, like, do you do you feel like it's America saying here, 
here's a bone. Leave us alone. Because they know that plus-size women are now reaching a point where they're, they're not taking the shit anymore? Or do we honestly feel like, you know, America cares? Um, I mean, I think it's a couple of things. I think one of the, the really beautiful things about the the rise of the sort of plus-size movement is that it was a homegrown effort started um, overwhelmingly by women of color, young women of color, um, who decided that, like, they were tired of not seeing themselves reflected both as a matter of skin and also a matter of size um, in standard uh, magazines and, and shows and that kind of thing, and saying that, like, they're going to they are the ones they've been waiting for, so to speak. And so they built it. Um, That's the first piece. And they built something so powerful that, like, struck a match in so many people that fashion designers um, and and the world began to take notice. Um, And they realized that, like, oh, so it turns out that, A, there are plus-size people that are, like, that do not want to cover themselves and want to celebrate their size and want to be super-duper fashionable. Right. Um, and and are not every stereotype that people have about plus size people that they are lazy and they're this and they're that, but like they're fully realized people that just happen to have on bigger genes than you. I think is one piece. I think the second piece is that um, people began to realize, I guess, once um, these young women of color began to kick open the doors and say like, if you're not going to build it for me, I'm going to build it for myself. That mm. like, not only is there money to be spent here, but if you build it, plus size women will come. So, like the plus size clothing industry, for instance, um, <clears throat> is worth seven point five billion with a B dollars. Um, I am someone that loves to shop. Everyone I know around me um, that are plus size people, um, we love to shop. Right. Um, we like to have nice clothing and nice things. We just want you to make it in our size. And I think when people started to realize that, like, oh, these these thick chicks are really trying to spend money. Um, then people started to take notice. So I don't know if I would say that people are trying to throw us a bone, but, but what I would say is that it feels like it has finally occurred to people that the plus size community is a really viable one that has resources, um, that has vision, um, and that just like any other woman wants to feel attractive and wants to feel uh, involved. And And I think more importantly, there's more of a voice now. Right with the Ashley Grams and and these and these other uh, independent bloggers who who are plus size, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like social media. I feel like you know the blogger world, which I guess we could say boomed in the last five years, yeah, right? That. Right, um, has now played a humongous part in that, right? Because now it's like you can't Victoria's Secret. Well, I don't know if Victoria's Secret really caters. I don't. I don't know, but a lot of companies, maybe Victoria's Secret too, you cannot keep the door locked for but so long. Because now you're seeing young, amazing women who aren't wearing your stuff, getting the notoriety that they, they need, getting sponsorship dollars on their page, getting a following or whatever at that point. Um, you're seeing social media where Twitter goes crazy every Wednesday at 2 p.m. over the topic, or Facebook finally picks it up three months later after Twitter, right? <laughs> so, right. So, so, and then at this point, it's so much, it's so much noise. It's so much noise that you can't. You can't keep the doors closed for so long, and you know these guys are making their way in, and I think that's dope. I, I personally think, um, you know, loving yourself is is the key, and I think you know making sure that people understand that you know you're gonna love yourself at that point. Um, you know, stop fucking around. So now, who is the company that 
that they made, you know, the um the ads on, like, you know, we're plus size and we don't give a fuck. Who is that? We're remember? plus size and we don't give a fuck. Yeah, remember we were talking about this a little, like, last year or some uh, shit? Um, Blaine Bryant, the I'm No Angel. Yeah, what is that? Um, oh, that, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so, Lane Bryant, um, for a very long time, has been considered the sort of, like, uh, that place your plus-size older auntie goes to. Right. Um, and, or rather, but, as a result of the fact that, like, this voice of this, of this younger, fashion-forward, plus-size woman has sort of risen to the top, I think Lane Bryant has tried to answer that. By saying like, okay, well, we're not going to be for your for your stodgy old aunt anymore. Like, we've got stuff for you young girls too. And right. so what they began to think about is the fact that like Victoria's Secret, for instance, is this very exclusive club that only women of a certain size um, can join. Um, and so what they did was come out with this counter ad that points directly at Victoria's Secret um, by called by saying, "I'm no angel," which goes to Victoria's whole secret point about. Angels, which right. is what they call their women. People were mad about that. Who was who was mad about that? I don't know, but people were. People felt like it was glorifying being overweight. Yeah, which people, is weird. But people were mad. My experience has been that um, I think we have to realize that there is there is a huge industry that makes billions of dollars on women's low self-esteem and huh. constantly making them feel like you aren't enough as you are you're not pretty enough you're not thin enough you're not enough you're not okay um look at the fashion magazines you know right. look at the exclusive stores where you know or the exclusive designers where they only sell up to a size 12 knowing that most women in america are a size 14 or isn't better. that crazy like it is crazy we live in, in such an overweight society no no shots that that all the higher end or, or, you know, the super exclusive stuff or just for the minority. Yeah. Look, you know, no shots right. at people like personal trainers, for instance, who, Jesus who I'm just saying, who do benefit um, on the fact that people might feel like they are less than in their Whoa. current skin and body. Whoa, for no real, sir? shots. No, for real? no shots. What I'm, what? what I'm trying to say, what, what? I'm trying to say is that Jesus, the industry man. that has been built on, on making people feel like they aren't enough is a really, really big one. And so people benefit from saying that like there's only one body in only one kind of skin with only one kind of hair that is good. And everyone right. that isn't that isn't that. So what happens when somebody comes in and shifts the paradigm and says like, yeah, well, actually, I disagree. Actually, I look like this or I look like that or I look the polar opposite of what you said is good and I'm still good. Now what? That's a good point. Like, I think that's why people are angry because I think what people were saying with that campaign is that like there are many other ways to be beautiful. Right. And here are some of them. Okay. So now let's reel it back, right, a little bit. Um and I'm, I don't have a direct point. I just love the way the conversation is going. But let's reel it back a little bit. And this reel goes to the idea of where do we fit fitness in to this lifestyle? You fit fitness. I don't know if it's even a lifestyle, just to, to this being, right? You fit but, fitness hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. How does fitness? How does fitness fit in, right? Because 
it's not asinine of an idea to believe that that for 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 the self love and for you know this, I'm no angel idea. It's not asinine of an idea. Once again, just an idea to believe that that group of women, as awesome as they are, won't value the gym the same. Is that like is that a crazy idea? I don't. It's a pretty crazy assumption. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I don't, we'll agree to disagree. But you're wrong. But it's crazy. how? How am I wrong? I don't think it's a crazy idea because the way I look at it, right, is, and you know, this is me taking off my my cap and my cape and stuff like that um, for my profession. The way I look at it is, if I'm saying that, all right, I look like this, right, and. Since I look like this and I know I'm beautiful, which you are, and I, and I love myself, which you should, and I can wear whatever I want, which you do, right? If you feel like that, is there a level where it's like selling out to what to what you rep, right? Like I was I was training a client the other day, and I swear to you, and I was talking to her about this show coming up, and she told me that at one point she felt a way about Jennifer Hudson, and she felt a way about um. About um, what's her name? Jennifer Hudson and um, from the comedy Queen of Comedy, Monique. Monique. Right, she felt the way about Monique. She felt the way about Jennifer Hudson for a little bit. Is, does that feeling resonate with with some? And does is, does that make sense? Um, I th- I mean, I think everyone's feelings are valid. I'm sure it resonates with some. Um, I. And I can even understand why, but I don't totally know. Um, it, I'll say it doesn't necessarily resonate for me. I think that I come to this, to the, I started my blog for a lot of reasons, but one of them was that I was like, I'm not going to wait for minus 30 pounds to live my best fashion life. Right. I think I can do it now. So I'm going to do it. And it turned out that a bunch of other women were like, shit, I want to do it too. Thanks for putting out these pictures and things. But I think I, at the end of the day, the Big Fine movement, all these other movements, they're about finally saying, like, like daring to say that, that a person can love themselves as they are. And I think love can manifest in a lot of different ways. For me, I'm someone that, you know, like I'm, I am a plus-sized woman. I am also a woman that eats very healthy food all the time. I work out often. Um... I think that a lot of people think about working out as like, I, I go to the gym to lose weight or to change the way I look. And they don't think about it from the purely medical perspective of like, actually, you just need to work out to be alive. Like, right. and, and I come to the space of working out from the perspective of like, I love myself enough to want to be here more and want to be a healthy person while I'm here and want to have a healthy heart and, and like strong muscles and a strong body and also use my time in the gym to like center myself and so for all of those reasons it's important for me to be healthy but the thing is that like not one of those reasons currently is about me losing any weight right conversely i can also love myself enough to say that like i love myself present tense so like however much i weigh in this moment Mm -hmm. i love myself but if I choose to be interested in a different version of me, I love myself enough to get myself to that place too. 
choosing to lose weight doesn't mean I didn't love myself before. Right. It just meant that this is the work I want to do now to continue to love myself. Does that make sense? It does. So what you're saying in short, though, in the sense, is that we, not we, is that women shouldn't be mad at Jennifer Hudson and Monique because no. they love themselves enough to want to be here longer. But that's tricky because that's like saying I can't be plus size and be here long. But see, what I'm trying to say. So you no, no, inherently what I'm, what saying, I'm saying that I'm by, inherently be, trying by being to my plus sentence. size, there's a chance that you are risking being here longer? No, no. I'm just like, asking. So again, let me say this from the top. People need to love themselves present tense however they define that for themselves. For me, I work out and eat healthy and do all these things because being healthy and being in touch with my body is how I choose to love myself. None of those reasons are about me losing weight. A person can be an exceptionally healthy, fully realized, plus-sized person. That is a version of love, right? Another version of love could also be that you want to see yourself in a smaller body and that's okay too and it doesn't mean that you don't love yourself now it just means that you have a different vision for what you want to look like in the future and that's okay too like I don't in any way subscribe to either the idea of like a larger woman choosing to lose weight and now suddenly she's betrayed the tribe or a plus size person choosing to stay a plus size person and so it means that she doesn't love herself all of those things are fundamentally incorrect and like those are the kinds of, of things and like the kind of insecurities that people insert into the plus size community to create dissent and to create the space of haves and have nots and it just doesn't need to exist. Who do you think's creating that? Just out of curiosity. Um I don't think it's a I don't know that I think it's a person per se. I think it's um I think it's a lot of different things. I think that, you know, insecurity both from folks within the group and folks without the group can be playing a role. Um, Like I said before, I think um, the idea of women coming to a place of reckoning and comfort with their bodies present tense um, shifts everything about, you know, the way society has presented us as sort of haves and have nots. Um, I think there are a lot of things that play a role in it. Not one person. That's fair. All right. Well, so now, what are your tips, if you have any? Because you've, you've lost weight before. I have. How'd you do that? Carefully. No? Okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, the, the door is right there. How did you do that? Um, I lost it by being, uh, by making different eating choices um, and spending more time in the gym doing different things than what I do now. Oh, also some guy named Irv, whatever. <laughs> I had I also had an exceptional um trainer named Irving. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did. Yeah. What about what about two up two for two on <laughs> on guests on the show who uh who who might change their lives, right? In a sense, right? But no. Um yeah, oh I didn't I didn't mention that part, right? I probably should have. Um, yeah, so I met Addie, right? I don't even know why I'm here now. Um, I met her in the gym, and then she became my client. And then we just spawned, you know, dope relationship on, on all things um, controversial and, and interesting. But while she was training, she lost weight. 
And um, and I remember her telling me at one point that it felt like people thought that she, you know, she betrayed the tribe. But it was never that. And and which and so to that and to her point, I a hundred percent agree with her. You know, it's really just about loving yourself enough to want to see different changes in yourself, right? Or, you know, loving yourself enough to not want to see different changes in yourself, but continuing, which is what I think she was trying to say, going to the gym just for the idea of being alive. And I think that's um, the key point of this show. I think um, that's that one poignant part, right? I think we, we hit the nail on the head with that, to be honest with you. It's the idea, and this is for all women, um, you know, listening to this show. Um, you can still sign up for sessions if you want to, but this is the idea of, right? This is, this is it. It's the idea of loving yourself enough as a plus size woman to want to see change in self if you so choose and loving yourself enough to not care to see changes yourself aesthetically if you so choose, but never saying the gym and healthy eating is uh, you know, beyond you or beneath you, per se. Right. Because that is essentially the fundamentals of just being on this earth longer. Right? Yeah, and I'll also say that, like, so many... Nice. I think I think we came to, um, to you know, a common space. Go ahead. I was just going to say that... Um, <laughs> I want to be careful with what I'm saying here only because, like... I also struggle with this idea that, like, there's good fatty behavior. Like, it's only okay for you to be fat if you're in the gym steady. I don't necessarily believe that either. Like, I think loving yourself is defining it for and by yourself. And that, for me, is how I define it. But I just wanted to say that a lot of times people think, oh, you can't be fat and go to the gym. Or you can't be overweight and go to the gym. But the truth is, like, of the women that I named, those plus-size models that I named... Instagram stays in a gym. Right. Lyris Cross stays in a gym. But just like I said, and I'm not, I'm in no way saying that I'm on those women's fantastic level. Um, these are women that, that go to the gym simply because they enjoy being in the gym. And if at the end of the week they lost weight, okay. But that wasn't the point. The point was just to go. The point is just to go. Okay. And, you know, if, you, if you, you're going for personal reasons, um, you know, self self um you know self evaluation insecurity whatever the case may be you're you're obviously free to go to the gym too but i think um you know Addie's just folk is just pointing out the idea of i guess the aesthetic of um of oneself all right well that makes sense and i think i can agree with that i think we we've actually found you know a nice common ground here that we can agree you know there's something that we always struggled with for a while and um i'm glad that we were able to bring it to uh you know today's podcast right um and for the most part that's where we are right would you agree i'd agree for now for now why <laughs> what else you want to add <laughs> nothing else what else good. you want to add do you want to talk about the the fact that that um you know some women do actually abuse the idea and eat really really bad very consistently you can have that show with another guest. Hey, <laughs> look at that. Well, all right. Then I guess that's 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 her time, right? So, um, yeah. So you know that's that's our time. Um, I I love where the show took a spin to, and it was that closing moment of of loving yourself and you know the pluses and minuses and and things of that nature. Um, Addie, tell the people where they can find you. 
Um, the people can find me at Addie Fierce, A-D-D-I-F-I-E-R-C-E on Twitter. And they can also find me at The Curve and The Line um, on Instagram. When are you going to start blogging again? Uh, such a good question. When I feel inspired to do it again. That's fair. Some days I don't feel inspired to blog either. <laughs> so I get it. Um, all right. Well, that's Addie. Um, you know, she's, um, like I said, she's she's one of the, um, well, pretty much the, uh, the engine behind a lot of what I do. Um, you guys can't try and steal her, though. I'll tell you that. Thanks. Just just being honest, right? But she's gonna charge you, and her price tag is heavy. So, um, so all right. So no, this is Irv. I'm signing out. Uh, you guys can catch me on Twitter. My handle is uh, Zeus of QLF. Um, obviously, the way you spell Zeus, the way you spell of, and QLF, right? Uh, my Twitter. That's my Twitter, and my Instagram is Quantum Leap fitness and um my snapchat which is where you can probably just find me doing dumb shit is um quantum leap fitness irv all right for anybody that wants my snap there's not too much going on there though um and you guys can catch my um my blog at quantumleapfitness.com uh you guys can also catch me on the culture lp um i am now writing with those guys also and, um, you know, probably writing for a couple other people by uh, mid-January. It's looking, it's looking good for me. It's looking good for me. All right, so with that being said, I, I hope I only said that a couple times today. <laughs> um, with that being said, um, I'm signing out. Irv, JR somewhere, being famous, and Addy. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace. Quantum Leap Fitness.